Hello, thanks for joining us tonight for our podcast, our Friday night podcast. And I'm excited because we have a great topic again tonight. And tonight's topic is conviction versus condemnation. And um, please comment your questions in tonight because we're going to take um, live chat questions as well as call as God has put it upon your heart. Um, most of you have received a text. Um, you've got the phone number there at the text. Um, and I'm going to give you a, a number tonight that which we're going to be using exclusively for this um, for this podcast is 240-207-1221. So please call in as God has put it upon your heart. Amen. And the number's in the description. We've got a great topic tonight. Um, last week, we talked about depression, you know. And, you know, one of the things we got to remember when it comes to depression is depression is based upon, you know, circumstances and situations and that kind of thing. But understand this. When it comes to conviction and condemnation, that's usually based upon some sinful behavior that has happened in our life as believers. Okay? So please call in as God has put it upon your heart. You can tell me your thoughts on what conviction is or your thoughts on what condemnation might be in Scripture. Now, let me just say this. Conviction. Let me give you the understanding of biblical conviction. That's when the Holy Spirit, who is designed, okay, to draw us to Jesus, begins to convict our heart and begins to, to let us know that what we've been doing in our life has been displeasing to God. In a sense, where the Holy Spirit gets you to the point where you agree. The word confess means to agree with. Where you get to the point where you agree with the Lord that your sin is wrong in his sight. See, we're told in John chapter 16, verse, verse 8, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so that's what, what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts us of that. In fact, that's why we're told in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the Holy Spirit's job, as you listen to my voice tonight, is to draw you to the Father, to draw you closer to the Father. Are y'all with me on that? Now, let me say this, too, so we'd understand this. Listen, you should feel bad about your sin, okay? This is something that, you know, some people try to get around. No, as a Christian, you should feel bad, you know? You know, we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, that godly sorrow worketh unto repentance, not to be repented of. You should have some godly sorrow over your actions if they've been displeasing to God. That's the sign you really saved. Well, you get to the point, like David said in, in Psalm 51, verse 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this great evil. You know, where you get to the point, as Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, where you hate the sin that you're doing. So these are signs that you really say that you're really a believer. Are y'all out there listening to me? I hope you are, okay? Because this is important, okay? So this is what the Holy Spirit does. He draws us back to the Father, draws us back to Jesus. Now, when it comes to condemnation, that's different. That's when a particular sin in our life has brought us to the point where we really feel like God is not, has not forgiven us for the things that we've done. And in fact, usually condemnation comes from, you know, the devil. It can come from the devil. It can come from other people. Other people can put you under condemnation. Or sometimes it can come from even your own self where you condemn yourself for the things that have happened in your life. And remember, condemnation pulls you away from Jesus. It pulls you away from your heavenly father. And so that's the difference between condemnation and conviction. 
This is why we're told in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, you know, Paul says, therefore, um, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's how most newer translations have it. That's the way it should be. Now, the King James goes on to say, um, um, it goes on to say, there's therefore no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus, walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. But really, it's, it stops right there. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So God doesn't condemn us. Now, let me ask y'all this. How do we get to this point in our head? Well, we're condemning ourselves after Jesus has forgiven us for all our sins. Well, you know what? For many of us, it started. For many of us, when we first got saved, maybe as I shared before, maybe you got saved under a ministry that, that kind of put an emphasis upon works and doing this and doing that for God to make God happy, to please God. And if you didn't do it, God was going to deal with you. And you almost saw God as a punisher, a brute, you know, somebody who will destroy you, you know what I mean, instead of a loving father. And so it, it reminds me of what we're told in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10, that our fathers, our, our, our human fathers disciplined us in a certain way. And so lots of times we kind of see it that way. So if we do something wrong, we see God kind of pushing us away. Like, well, you're in a doghouse until you get it right. Shut up, boy, get in the corner. You know, and this is how we kind of, you know, see God. But you know what's something? We're told in Psalm 50, verse, um, verse, verse 21. God says, you thought I was like you. You thought I was all together like you. Our father, he ain't like us. He's different. He's not like that. And so we're going to look at some signs, some ways of knowing that you are under condemnation. I'm going to give you a bunch of them. For one, listen. Do you think on your past mistakes a lot? Maybe something you did, I don't know, maybe um, six months ago. Maybe something you did a month ago. Maybe something you did two weeks ago and you confessed it before the Lord. You went to him. Maybe it's something you did a year ago. I've talked to people who have been caught up in condemnation for things that they had done 10, 15 years ago. And they just couldn't get by it. Is that you? You know, remember as Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 verse, verse, uh, verse 13. Now, remember the Apostle Paul, before he got saved, man, he was responsible for killing Christians. He was there when the great Stephen, brother Stephen, man, who's one of the greatest brothers, deacon, he's the greatest deacon we've ever seen. I mean, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8. I mean, he was there, and he was partly responsible for the death of Stephen. And that's how Paul came to know Jesus. But, I mean, this must have been a, a really powerful, sad thing in his life that he was a part of that. But you know what he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13? There's one thing I do, and that's putting those things in my past behind me. And pressing toward the prize of the, the, the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, I put it behind me. Some of you listening to me tonight on this podcast, you know dad is telling you, you got to put some stuff behind you. You got to put it in your rearview mirror and move forward. In fact, he says something interesting in Philippians 3.15. He says, as many as are mature, do this. And this is a sign of, of immaturity when we can't put behind us certain things that have gone on in our life. And God says, I want to use you, and so, but you just can't put it behind you. So as a Christian, you got to get a little more mature in these areas. We got open lines if you want to call tonight, by the way. It's 240-207-1221 if you're listening to it on your phone. And let me just say this too tonight, that, that we understand. 
lots of times you know you're in the condemnation because of the way you think of yourself, the way you see yourself. I know a lot of Christians who call themselves stupid, idiot. I ain't nothing but a fool. I'm stu- so stupid. And you know what? You put yourself, that's because you're under some form of a condemnation. Now, we know that we're to stay humble before God. You know, it's interesting. Paul said that he was the, in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10, he said he was the, the least of the apostles. He says in, in uh, Ephesians 3, 8, he was the least of the saints. He says in 1 Timothy 1, 13, he says he was the, the, the chief of sinners. But you know what? He says something important in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He said, I am what I am. You know what I'm saying? Y'all listen to me on this podcast. What he's saying is, you know what? I'm not like all the others. I've messed up. I've done things in my past. But Jesus has forgiven me, and the grace of God was upon me. He went on to say, and he said, but I am what I am. Listen, maybe you've messed up, and now God is saying, I want to use you. I want to use you. You know, it, it says, remember we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse um, verse 11, when God talks about uh when Paul talks about Timothy, remember, or he talks about Mark, I'm sorry. Remember Mark had, had, you know, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. The one who wrote the gospel of Mark before he really got it going. He was a young dude. He was kind of hard-headed. And remember, <laughs> he didn't want to go to work when they were working and him and Barnabas. And, and so they decided, you know, Paul decided, I can't work with this dude. But you know what? God changed him. He changed his life. And he matured him and finally you know what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 11 he said that Timothy he said to Timothy he said bring Mark with you because he's useful for the ministry I can use him now God can use you maybe you're at a point in your life you know what where you feel like the, you've messed up so bad the Lord can never use you again and you're at that point of condemnation where it's like man I done really blew this thing. You know what I'm saying? And I done blew it for years, for a long time. You know, I think Moses was like that. Some of you listen to me tonight, you just like Moses. You know, remember the first 40 years of Moses, he's in Egypt and, you know, and he runs ahead of God. He does something crazy. He kills an Egyptian and, and people hear about it and he runs and, and he goes into Midian and, and he's there for 40 years. He tried to do the will of God, but he did it the wrong way at the wrong time. And, and so, Finally, he's about the age of 80, and the Lord appears to him in a burning bush, and, and he says, I want to use you, Moses, to go back and deliver the, the people out. Remember what Moses said? He said, how are they going to know it's you? And God said, take that, you know, your hand, put it in your bosom, show it to them, you know, it'll be leprous, and then you put it back, it'll be, you know, clean. And he said, that stick you got, use that. And he said, but Lord, I can't speak. Y'all remember that? And remember what the Lord said about Moses. He said to Moses, he said, man, look, bro, I will teach you how to speak. He says, I'm the one who makes the blind, blind, the deaf, dumb, and it's all this stuff. He says, I will teach you. And remember what Moses says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. He said, you know what? Send somebody else, Lord. <laughs> and God got angry at him. We got a caller coming through, Josh. Uh, please tell us your name and, and your question tonight. I thank 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 the Lord you you um uh, you hitting this topic tonight, Pastor, because it's a good topic. Because I know I struggle with condemnation a lot, 
And sometimes it's happening, and it's hard for me to move on and move forward, even in my ministry, because I constantly see myself looking backwards instead of looking forward, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm glad you're hitting on this topic, you know. What what do you when you when you think of your ministry and you just think about your walk when you think about your walk with God, you know a lot of it, um, brother Doe, has to do with what you think about who God is. Do you think that's kind right. of you know disturb your whole understanding of 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 forgiveness? Just who knowing who your Father is, your Heavenly Father is. Right. Yeah, I think I I, I believe it got to do with something like that too. Just knowing who God is because. Because, because one, 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 one time I thought, and I've seen God when I first got saved, was, you know, God is a good God, you know. Uh, I never knew him in his wrath. I never knew him in his discipline like that. I just knew him being in his goodness, you know, <laughs> until, I until, until I experienced his, uh, his, the discipline part of him, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you're probably closer to him than you were then. And you may not realize it, you know. It's, it's almost like the sheep that... Remember when a sheep would go astray, the, the shepherd would, you know, eventually the shepherd would have to break his legs to save his life. Right. And then he would bind that wound and he would put that right. shepherd, I mean, that sheep upon his shoulders and he would carry that sheep. And oh, okay. he would be, that sheep would be like, get away, you hurt me. And But after a while, guess what? That sheep would just fall in love with the master, you know. Because he right. would be so close to him as right. he carried that sheep every day and got to know the master. You see, right. understand this, bro. You know, we don't all messed up, okay? Right. You know, there's a, there's a song, uh, uh, I think a, Lecrae, a song by Lecrae where he say, you know, uh, and you act like you ain't done that. And in the song, right. he says, you act like you ain't done that. And, you know, right. maybe people haven't done the things we've done, but they've in many cases, thought of it. And if you even right. think a thought, it's, it's sin in the sight of God. You know what I mean? So if you even right. think something that's sinful in the sight of God, it's sin. So, you know, right. I mean, we, we have to realize that God has been merciful to all of us. But he's a good yeah. God, and he looks to restore. He looks to mend those areas that are broken. As I right. shared last week, a bruised reed he will not crush. He will not break right. in a, a smolding flack he will not put out meaning that if he sees that there's some fire in you he won't come mm -hmm. along and, and put you out if he sees that you're really you know trying to serve him he won't break you in two right. he's a loving dad because um because some, some, sometimes i struggle you know you know even, even though you know you walk out right with the lord if there's something happening it can happen in your finances or something like that you say oh wow what did i do now lord what did i do now did i oh or I messed up, or what? You know, you start thinking. <laughs> well, we're gonna look at that here in a minute, man. How the, after right. a while you develop a guilt complex, right? And you, after a while you begin to think everything that I do, man. I guess this is the punishment of God. This is the, the hand <laughs> of the Lord. <laughs> you know, here it comes the thunder. Is it gonna be this time? It's gonna be thunder or lightning or thunder and lightning. You know, and you right. don't realize that God, He's not seeing you like that. Right. That's something you I made up in your own mind just because you were disciplined. But all of us are disciplined, right. but in love. But uh, it's something that I just thought I knew the Lord then, back then, you know, when things was going, you know, my life going, I mean, ain't that nothing, things going okay now. But, 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 but back then, 
when things were really going good, I just thought I'd just leave it to Lloyd because I just knew him in his goodness. You know, I just knew him that way, you know. And I really just thought I just knew the Lord. But until now, I realized I really don't know the Lord like I thought I did. Well, like we talked about on Sunday, knowing the different aspects of God, knowing him as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah right. Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah, you know, all these different names for God, knowing him as the I am in this area and that area, knowing him from Exodus 34. We've got to get to right. know him from, from Psalm 23 and the, all these different aspects of who he says he is, not just right. as a God who this and that, but as a heavenly father who right. does all these things well in our lives. Right, because cause, cause, you know, I had a father, my father, you know, and I really didn't know my father as well, you know, as, you know, as, as well, you know, you know, when I was young, you know. Well, that dictates it, a lot of the like way, that dictates the way a lot of us relate to our Heavenly Father. And so we right. got to change our thinking. We have to use a biblical perspective. You know, I grew up without a dad. So I, I've got mm. to have now a biblical perspective because now at different times, my flesh wants to go back to thinking, well, I'm on my own, just like I was then. And right. I have to remember, no, my dad is here. He's with right. me. So hopefully okay. this answered the question tonight for you, Brother Durham. All right, okay. All right, Pastor. Pastor that was a great you. question, and God bless you, my brother. Okay, okay. And so, you know, and Moses, Moses said, you know what, Lord, you know, you know I, I've messed up. I don't want to do this anymore. And God said, I want to use you. Do you know, let me just say this. Do you know that two-thirds of the Bible was written by murderers or people who committed murder? David. We know Moses. And we know Paul, okay? Two-thirds was written by people who had committed murder. Another reason, a way of knowing that you're under some form of condemnation is that, you know what? You believe that Jesus has forgiven every one of their sins. And you are willing to forgive everybody for the things that they do against you. But you cannot forgive yourself and you do not believe that Jesus forgave you for your sins. How many of you know believers like that? Or how many of you are like that? Where you feel as though you've got some type of a special sin that goes outside of Scripture. How many of you know people like that? Your sin is special. And this is why God can't forgive you for yours. And let me just say this, you know, it, it's important and I'm not trying to belittle it anyway, because we're told in second Corinthians chapter seven, I mean, chapter two, verse eight, that as believers, when we see that someone has been, you know, and in verse seven, he says, if you see someone's been overswallowed by grief, they repented and, and now they just overwhelmed with grief by what they've done against God. We are to commend our love towards them. We're to come along and say, it's going to be OK. The Lord's forgiven you because I can see the godly sorrow working in your life. And so that's what we're to do, because he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, that if we don't, the devil will use that situation as a foothold. And we should not be ignorant of his devices. And let me just say this, too. Another way of knowing that you're in a, a deep form of condemnation to you who are listening to me on this podcast is, you know what? You're still asking God to forgive you for something that you've done some time ago. Maybe it was, you know two, three weeks ago, maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was six months, and in your mind you're thinking that he really hasn't forgiven me, so you keep asking. You keep saying, Lord, please forgive me, please forgive me. And this is why lots of times you have uh, altar calls. And when you have altar calls, you have this, sometimes the same people coming forward saying, uh, you know, what do you have, what, what do you like forgiveness for? And this, well, I'd like to pray to God forgive me for what I did, you know, 
six months ago, and then the next Sunday, what I did six months ago, the same thing, because they don't believe that God has forgiven them for their actions. And this is why, you know what I do when I find situations like this, is what I do is I get people to, to read 1 John 1-9 with me very, very slowly. And, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, you know. And for some people, this really helps them to just stop and think about it. That he is faithful and just to forgive me. Do you believe he's faithful? And he has his form of justice to forgive me? He's faithful. And let me just say this too. This uh, Another thing. Another way of knowing that you're under some form of condemnation is every time you hear a message, every time you hear a sermon, it speaks to your problem. And when I say that, meaning it speaks to something you've done years ago. And, you know, it, it could be a, a message, a sermon on love and marriage. And out of it, you somehow or another find your problem within it, or you find your sin that you committed years ago it has nothing to do with love, has nothing to do with marriage, but somehow or another, he's talking or she's talking about me. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you've seen that before. And before you know, you filter everything through that event. Let me just say this. All the scripture, all the scripture is for us. I really believe that. But that doesn't mean that all the scripture is to us. And when I say that, you know, sometimes the Lord will have a, a, a sermon given and there'll be a passage because all, you know, let me just say this when it comes to scripture. There's only one meaning in the passage, but there could be a thousand applications. And, you know, within that application, you know, sometimes we use it the wrong way to hurt ourselves. And lots of times we put ourselves under condemnation. And this is why I've said before, listen, lots of times I'll give a message. And, and before I give it, I'll say, listen, um, folks, I just want y'all to know I don't want nobody to be under any condemnation. Lots of times when you're dealing with people who married and had divorces, they'd be under that condemnation. I don't want you to go there. So I will say that. Or at different times, you know, I, I, will, I will say that just to let them know. Because people are quick to, to, to find themselves under condemnation, even if it's not for them. And let me say this, too, when it comes to this. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says, you may have many teachers, but you only have one father. you got to be careful listening to all these different teachers. Lots of times as Christians, we're listening to all these different people, getting all these different advices and all the rest of this stuff, and we're not mature enough for some of us to chew the meat and spit out the bone, so we're swallowing the bone. And what happens lots of times is that we get caught up sometimes with people who have a ministry of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, of condemnation. And so we got to be careful of who we're listening to. And we got another call coming through here tonight. Please tell us um, your name and, and your question tonight, please. This is Sharice. Hello, Sister Sharice. Thank you for calling tonight. Um, what's your, your question tonight? Okay, so um, with you talking about conviction and condemnation, I deal with depression. Um, I think it's just part of my life now, but I've had it as a young child, and but I've gotten more control over it. I was the one that was going up to the altar call every Sunday. I sure was. But, um, and I was the one thinking that the pastor was 
all he had to do was say my name because the whole sermon was about me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm thinking about like what Job went through. Um, I'm wondering if that has anything to do with condemnation or conviction. Well, you know, one of the things, uh, Sharice, that, that happens lots of times is when we come forward, like for, um, you know, altar calls, lots of times it's because, you know, and I've done it before, too, because we, we're still struggling with that sin. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to say that that's wrong. OK, I think that's OK, uh, even though we don't, you know, altar calls or something. Just so you all will know, altar calls were not around until the 1700s. Before that, there were no altar calls. OK, but I'm not saying they're bad or wrong, but. What happens is is that we come forward, but lots of times we're coming forward for the same sin that we've, you know, somewhat turned away from and turned to God, but we still think he hasn't forgiven us. And so when it comes to, like, um, even um, the life of Job, I think in the life of Job, Job, it wasn't as much the condemnation that came from his own life because he kind of defended himself. He said, I wasn't doing this, but it was his friend's. And yes, you're correct in a sense, Sharice, because friends can bring condemnation. You know what I mean? Like if you're getting ready to be, you know, um, how many been in a situation in this podcast to listen to me? When let's say you're getting ready to get a raise, you know, and, and you share with someone, God's getting ready to bless me with a raise. And they turn around and say to you, well, you know, you got to pay taxes. You got to pay this. Your taxes going to go up, you know. <laughs> and they, they kind of find some way of finding some condemning way within that situation. And so that's how Job's friends were. Remember, he said, miserable comforters are you all. He said, wisdom will die with you. He made these comments about these guys because he was about sick of them, you know? And so, um, yes, sometimes condemnation can set in. And eventually Job got to see God and he even repented from the way he was acting because he really had had begun to question uh, God's love for him, you know? And uh, so we got to be careful with that. And we did a great lesson last week on... Uh, on depression so please check that podcast out that would be great if you can listen to that Sharice I'm sure that the father will speak to your heart and I want to say this too Sharice understand this your sins have been forgiven they were forgiven in in uh in, in 30 AD okay or 33 AD when Jesus died on the cross he knew you would mess up there is nothing you're going to do that's going to catch him by surprise but let me say this in order to be used in certain areas of our walk with God, God requires certain things. And part of that requirement is that we live a certain way. But he wants us to obey him, not because, you know, uh, he's going to do this or going to do that. No, we, he wants us to obey, obey him because of what he's done for us already out of love. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He doesn't want us to be under a law because many of us have, have created this law within our head. Well, if I do this, then he'll bless me. If I don't do that, he won't bless me. If I don't. And before you know it, guess what happens? He becomes a hard, as we're told in Matthew 25, 24, a hard taskmaster. It becomes hard to serve the Lord. And it's like, man, I just can't serve you, Lord, because it's just too hard. And we get discouraged. He wants us to be free in Jesus. Knowing he's forgiven us for everything we've done. So hopefully that answers your question tonight. I think a lot of the battle tonight. was that, you know, really actually believing that the Lord has forgiven us or that he actually loves us because of the way our life might be. Yeah. But see, what we're doing at that point is we are comparing our life 
with what he requires. And what he required was what Jesus did. Jesus fulfilled it all. He paid it all for us. And so we have to believe that and accept that. Yeah. And enjoy our walk with him. You know, enjoy. God wants us to have joy and peace. He doesn't want us to live in sin just so we all understand that. But yet and still, he wants us to know that if we confess it and we were serious about it with him. I mean, you know, there is, we're told in Proverbs 28, 13, if we confess our sins, you know, that he'll forgive us. But the forsaking part of it, we won't get the blessing until we forsake those those different areas. But we will be forgiven if we do confess it. Mm. So hopefully that answered your question. And thank you for your call. That was a great question tonight. Thank you, Sister Cherise. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. God bless you. And so, you know, and let me just say this too, you know, um, as we move on, you know, you don't, let me say this, another reason of knowing that you're under some form of condemnation is you don't want to be around other believers when you sin. How many you know what I'm talking about? When you, when you messed up, you don't want to go to church. You don't want to answer the phone. You don't want to be around believers. Well, that's when God wants you to be around believers so you can come and be restored. And what happens is we, when we keep doing this, let's say you keep messing up. After a while, you develop a habit of condemnation. After a while, guess what? You just stop praying. It's like, well, you know what? I'm going to mess up anyway. How I many you know what I'm talking about? The Father don't want you to feel that way. He wants you to love him and serve him out of a love for him. And let me just say this too. You know, many of us were restored. Let's say you messed up. Maybe you were restored, but you were restored in the wrong way. You know, Galatians 6 verse 1 says, If one be overtaken in a fault, you are spiritual, restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, considering your own self. Maybe you weren't restored in the spirit of meekness. You weren't put in a, you know, back in the spot that you needed to be put in at the right time. You know, remember Absalom and David in the Old Testament? Remember when Absalom, you know, messed up, even though he did, I think, was what was right. He just did it the wrong way. David wouldn't even look at Absalom. He treated him in the wrong way. He, you know, he should have dealt with that situation better. And eventually Absalom turned on him. But lots of times people aren't, you know, given the right directive to get back in the positions that they were in. Okay, so let's say if a brother and sister in Christ fell into sexual sin, okay, and they messed up. What can we do to restore them, to get them back where they need to be, like you restore a, a net? Instead of finding some reason to pile on them and say, I'm going to hold you. Because some ministries be like, we hold you down till we feel like you, you don't repent it. You know, and this kind of thing, you know. Remember in Mark chapter 16, verse 7, when, G when Jesus had risen from the dead, he said, go tell Peter and the others. <laughs> you know, because Peter had denied him. Remember when Peter denied him in Luke 22, 61? It says that Jesus, Jesus didn't look at him and say, I told you. You would deny me. No, it says that Jesus just turned around and looked at him. And you know what I think he did? He looked at him with a, a sad heart like, I love you, man. It's okay. It's all right. As we close off, I'm going to give you a couple of more reasons of knowing why you're in, and if you're in condemnation. You know you are if you're not willing to take the word of God for what it says. Have you ever talked to Christians? I was talking to one the other day. And he was like, I know that's what the Bible says, but this is how I feel. And you can, they, they keep saying, but, well, I'll say, you know, I'll say, well, 1 John 1, 9 and, and, you know, Romans 5. They'll be like, no, 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 but this is how I feel. 
And you got to get to the point where, as Romans 3, 4 says, that you got to even tell yourself, let God be true and every man a liar. You got to get to the point where you even look at yourself and say, hey, I can't even trust my own feelings. I got to trust the word of God. I notice for many of us as Christians, it gets to the point where, guess what? It, we think to ourselves, it just can't be this easy. It can't be this simple. That I t- go to the Lord and I, I go before him and I say, Father, forgive me. And I mean it in my heart that he will forgive me. And we get to the point. And so guess what we do? We punish ourselves. We practice penance. How many ever did that before? Well, I messed up. So guess what I got to do? I got to read more. I'm going to have to pray more to make God happy. I'm going to have to, you know, give more and serve more. I'm going to have to do all these things. And guess what? You're in a a works. You put yourself in a work situation instead of a faith situation. And this isn't good. You know, I've shared before I had Martin Luther years ago. I'm not talking about Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, the great uh, Protestant historian. Remember, a believer. Remember, he would get to points in his walk with God where he would just feel bad over his sin. I think it was sexual sin. And he was a monk at the time, and he would run butt naked into the, the, the sticker briars, you know, just butt naked to punish himself for the thoughts that he had and to eventually realize that doesn't work. You know, John 16, verse 8, says, When the Holy Spirit shall come, he will convict the world of sin. And you know what? It goes on to say in verse 9, you know what that sin is? That sin that, that, that Jesus, that, you can, that you're convicted of is your sin of who Jesus is, really knowing who he is. And it says that refers to those that believe or did not believe on his name. So they're convicted of sin, of righteousness. Now, for us as God's people, guess what? We've been made righteous by faith, Romans 5.1. And Sin, righteousness, and judgment. There's no judgment for us as Christians. We'll be at the, you know, the judgment seat of Christ and so forth. There's no condemnation. God deals with us and judges us. We judge ourselves, this kind of thing. But we're not going to be judged like the world, as 1 Corinthians 11.32 says. So if you think about this, okay, the only thing left now for us is once in a while when we sin, we're convicted. And we go to God and we confess our sins. In fact, 1 John 1.9 nine. And the Greek means to continually confess it. Remember, it says in verse 8 of 1 John, it says, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, which literally means to continually confess what we've messed up, then guess what? The word means agree with God. Then guess what? Our sins are forgiven. They're forgiven. And, and on to the two of the last two more points I want to make. Some of us have a guilt conscience, as Brother Darrell pointed out earlier. We have a guilt complex where we get guilt. We feel guilt written over things we did years ago. It reminds me of David in, in, um, in 2 Samuel 16, verse 10, verse 9 and 10. Remember when Shimei comes out and he curses David. And David was like, you know, because David had messed up with Bathsheba and he figured this was judgment from God. He said, you know what? Maybe God called him out to curse me. You know what I mean? Some of you are like that. As I said earlier, when you get to this point, some of you listen to this podcast, you think the bad things that are happening in your life, which you feel as though God now is punishing you. And yes, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap and so forth. But you believe everything that happens, not just certain things, but everything. Oh, it's God punishing me. It's God. That's not the case. It may be God getting you in line for a blessing. Let me just conclude with this. You know, 
it reminds me of, of what we're told in, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. It says that even if our own conscience condemns us, he is greater than our conscience. Even if your conscience condemns you of your sin. Because it gets to the point where sometimes it goes beyond, you know, well, I know he forgave me, but I just feel so guilty. Realize he's forgiven you. But don't go. Remember we're told now. Keep this in mind. Remember the prodigal son. Remember that situation. The father ran. He ran and put his arms around him to protect him from being put to stone to death. He gave him a ring. He blessed him, a new rope. He did all these things. God wants to bless you when you repent. But remember, we told him in John chapter 5, verse 14, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So we have to be careful. We have to balance that correctly. But we have to understand, our, yes, we may not get the benefits, the bennies, but your sins have been forgiven. In fact, we're told over in Psalm 103, verse 12. Remember these verses. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the, from the west, the Lord, it says, does, he, he moves our transgressions away from us. Remember what we're told over in Micah 7, 19. He takes our, our sins and he puts them in the sea, as, as some would say, the sea of forgetfulness. And remember we're told in Isaiah 43, verse 25. That as far as the east is from the west, he remembers our sins no more. And you know what that means in so many words? That he has chosen. Because he wouldn't be God if he didn't remember things, you know. But he has chosen not to hold them against us because of what Jesus has done for us. You see, we're told in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself, as a gift of God, lest any man shall boast. We're told in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, that we're saved by mercy. So we're saved not only by grace, not only by faith, which are both gifts, but also he has saved us by his mercy. So I want you to go in peace, go enjoy this evening, knowing that if you've gone to the Father and you've agreed with him regarding your sin, that he has forgiven you. I'm not giving you a license to sin, but I am telling you that he has forgiven you of your sin. Go and sin no more. And he'll bless you. You know, remember the book of Joel in Joel chapter 2, he wants to drop off a blessing. Remember, we're told there that he may, I think it's around verse 12 through 16, he may even drop off a blessing if we turn to him. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And I just pray that whoever has any form of condemnation, I'm going to say a short prayer for you. Father, please tonight remove whatever condemnation may be in the heart of those hearing this message tonight. Let them know you've forgiven them of it. Let them go and be free in Christ Jesus. And let them enjoy their walk with you and have peace knowing that you are with them in the midst of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us. And Lord willing, we will do this again next Friday. And God bless you.